Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. We're in a series entitled Lies. Say, Pastor, why in the world are you going to preach a series with that kind of title? Well, what are we learning about lies? The Bible told us, we've seen these scriptures, that Satan is the originator of lies. Isn't that an amazing? Think of that statement. Where did lies begin? They began with Satan. The Bible says he's the father of all lies. He initiated lying. He developed lying. It is who he is. It's what he says. Lies. It's his first weapon to defeat you. It's his, one of his most effective weapons that he chooses. The Bible calls him, him the accuser of the brethren, of those that believe in Jesus. So if he cannot, watch this, if he cannot stop you by his control because we've been delivered from the authority of Satan and we've been placed under the authority of Christ. How many are thankful for that? If somebody ever asks you, who's your daddy? It's not the devil. My daddy is God, Jehovah God, amen? So we don't belong to Satan. So how does he uh, manipulate Believers who are not under his control, who, to whom he has no legal authority over, how does he impact our lives like he does? Why do we make some of the choices we make? Why do we live under some of the bondage we live under? Because he's an incredible liar. He is the accuser. As he's lying to you, he's accusing you. And the issue becomes that often we have heard so many lies that they are more familiar to us than the truth. There's a great concern I read recently and in more than one place that the Western church is is at a place, I don't like this, I pray we're not involved in this, where we are the most biblically illiterate version of the church that has ever existed. Now, the problem with that is that we are inundated with lies. We, we, none of us, I, I, you, you would be shocked how much time you spend online every week. You'd be shocked. I don't know if you have anything to monitor that or, or will show you that. But what's happening, we are far more familiar with lies than truth. And that's creating an issue in our lives. I just shared, Satan has been defeated by Christ. He has no legal authority or right over you as a believer. So he has to use other methods of manipulation to accomplish his purpose. Lying, lies are one of his chief weapons. See, uh, sometimes those lies have, have started so early in your life that although you've accepted salvation, You've accepted forgiveness. We celebrate the fact our names are written down in heaven. We're not living in the privileges that that experience could give to us. In other words, uh, these lies have become so familiar. People live their lives believing a lie. They live their whole life believing a lie. It impacts their relationships. It impacts their relationships with God, with their spouse, with their children, with their co-workers, everything about them. For instance, if all your life you've 
heard or been told this thing, you're just not enough. You're not enough. Nobody's going to love you. You don't measure up. You, you're, you don't matter. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you, you're not pretty enough. You're not this and you're not that. If you listen to that lie long enough, see, that's an accusation. It is a ploy to rob you of the purpose of God in your life. And so these lies come. Victimization is rampant in our culture today. Thank you for that one amen. I want everybody to say amen to that. Victimization is rampant in our culture today. Let me, let me, what is victimization? A victim mentality, the lie of being a victim is this. I am who I am because you are who you are. What did, what did I just say? I just said the mindset, the lie. Someone say lie. The, see, the lie of victimization is that I can't change because you did something wrong. My life can't work because your life is wrong. We are impacted. Listen to me. We are impacted by what other people say and do to us. But we do not have to allow that to become our identity. Many times, the, the, this victim mentality that, that, that's so pervasive becomes an excuse not to try. It becomes an excuse to hide and stay in a place in my life that is not at all what God has purposed for me. So we have to understand that lies are Satan's tools and he uses them in every way that he can. Now last week, I, I, we went into Numbers 13 here and we looked at the lies that kept God's people from entering into their promised land. The parallel of that for us today would be the lies that keep you from living out the purposes of God in your life. So I'm, I'm convinced that, that many, many, many people are not living in the purpose and the plan that God has designed for them. We've allowed lies to stop us on our journey. Like Israel coming out of Egypt, we, we, we've been saved, we, we've accepted salvation, we, we've come out, but we haven't gone in. We got stuck somewhere in the middle. The lies trapped us on the edge of our life that could be better. You see, that's our mission statement at Calvary. And, and, and if you know it, I want you to say it. And if you don't know it, I should, have, I should have been saying it more. All right? What's our mission statement? Can you say it with me? Let's say it out loud. We want everyone we meet to experience life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything we do is fashioned around that. Let's say it again. We want everyone we meet to experience life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What Satan is always trying to do is stop you from living your life at the highest level. He wants to rob you of the fulfillment of being in the purpose of God. He wants to rob the people around you from the impact of a life that's walking in the purposes of God. And so that's what we're dealing with here. That's what we see. So, so I didn't really complete last week the narrative of Joshua and Caleb. We looked at the lies and how they impacted that nation. But you and I must understand how do we live our lives when, when the lies are all around us, amen? We need to make sure we, we see Joshua and Caleb's story because the good news is you can overcome the lies that are being whispered around you. 
Come on, somebody say amen to that. You can overcome that. You can get out of that. So we, we see that. Here was this whole nation miraculously delivered from 400 years of slavery and bondage by the power of God. Ten amazing signs and miracles delivered them. And within a matter of months, they're standing in Numbers 13 in Kadesh Barnea on the edge, on the east side of the Jordan, ready to go in. They send 12 spies over and 10 come back with a bad report. They told lies. They, listen, let me help you with something. A fact wrongly intended, a fact wrongly applied can still be a lie. Do you hear what I just said? A fact, fact, misused, taken out of context, misappropriated, can serve as a lie. Never forget that, all right? So, so let's go to Numbers 13. Let's, let's see what happened. Let's, let's see the rest of this story. I, I want you to get something here that's very important. That Israel had enough uh, desire to come out of Egypt... But they didn't have enough faith to get into the promised land. And so, so many believers have had enough faith to get saved, but not enough commitment to get in to the purpose of God in their life. And the factor that Satan uses to stop you in the wilderness are his lies. Do you know why Christians get bored? Because they haven't gone in. They've got out, but they haven't gone in. Do you know why we haven't won the world of Christ yet? Because not enough of us have gone in. We've just gotten out. See, all we've taught is, thank God we're out. Let's hold on till we go to heaven. We're here to do a lot of things in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, so what happened? Uh, I'm, I'm going to read, begin reading here. And uh, let's, let's, let me drop over. Let me see where I want to go. Let's start in verse number 26, Numbers 13, 26. Okay, here are the spies. They came back. They're ready to go in. They've come out of Egypt. They're on the verge of going in. And watch what happens again. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They said, yeah, it's just like God said. Look at this stuff. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Just what God said. What God said is true. Here it is. Here's the proof. Are you ready? But. Now, I heard somebody say one time in the sermon, you need to be careful and get your butt out of the way. But I would never say something like that. Okay. So that little word but has caused a lot of trouble at times. All right. I didn't say that. I, okay. So, but the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified. And very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, are are you with me? Those were facts. Those were facts. But watch what happens when you look at a fact separated from the reality of your God. Okay? So let's keep going. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30. Then... Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Verse 31 begins with that same word. But the men who had gone up with him said, now 
This is their application of the facts. You understand that? This is the application of the facts. Faith is not intimidated by facts. Faith compares facts to the goodness of God and says he's bigger than the facts. That's what I can see, but God sees what I can't see. That's what I know, but God knows what I don't know. This is what I see, but God has been faithful. Has God been faithful to anybody in this room? Has God ever answered a prayer for anybody in this room? Has God ever made a way when there wasn't a way? Has God ever done something when I couldn't figure it out? Has God ever done something you said, boy, I didn't see that coming? How did that happen? Facts are facts. Faith doesn't deny reality. It doesn't walk in some fairy tale world. The facts are there, but how am I going to respond to what my eyes see? I'm going to respond to what my eyes see in the perspective of what my ears have heard from the mouth of God. All right? We walk by faith and not by sight. I see it, but I've heard something already. Let me, can I help you? You have better already heard something before you see the giant in your life. See, they had heard God before they saw the giant. If you don't know truth, if you're not hearing God, if you don't know what the word says, if you're not a worshiper, if you're not in his presence, if you're not in a walking relationship with the father, the first time you see a giant, all you have to use is what you see. But if I have already heard him, if I have already known him, if I have already seen him, if I have already walked with him and a giant pops up in front of me, I have something to hold on to while the giant's looking at me. Saul said to David, what makes you think, little boy, that you can kill Goliath? He said, well, I've already seen some things, sir. I've seen God help me kill a lion. And I've seen God help me kill a bear. And I assume the same God that helped me then will help me now. I see the giant, but I've already seen my God. See, it's going to be too late to have faith when you need faith. (laughs) You better be building that faith. What does the Bible say? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Why was Caleb confident in the face of the fact? Because he had heard what God had to say. Are you with me on that? So they said, well, uh, here, verse 31. The men had gone up and said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. How do you know? You haven't tried. Line number one. They spread among the Israelites a bad report. About the land that explored, they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there of large or great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim. These were a large race of people. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Again, their perspective. And we looked the same to them. Now, let, let me read a little longer here. I want you to see this. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt wow, or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Wow. Is that a sad indictment? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly, gathered there Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Hephuni, who were among them, those who had explored the land, tore their clothes, and said to the assembly, 
The land we pass through and explore is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land and he will give it to us. You see, this was the crisis moment. This, this is this place. And, and I want you to understand what, what happened here. They had a continual pattern of believing lies. How many heard what I just said? This, this word, this evil report, look with me back in chapter 13 at, at verse number uh, 32. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. One translation says an evil report. Let, let me help you with something. I just want you to get this because I want to get to Joshua and Caleb. But again, I want you to understand the setting. This evil report literally is the Hebrew word for whispering. 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 You know, you, you, you don't want to doubt God in front of everybody so you, you get some other whispers around you. Come on, don't shout me down. Wow, well, you know, I, he's, I don't think we can do this. I, you know, I, I don't know why we're... At Calvary, why in the world do we want to do anything there right now? Let's just hold on to Jesus comes back. We don't need to be facing any giants. I mean, dear God, why do they keep feeding people over that dream center? We're going to give away everything we have. You know, we're, we're going to run out of food. We're going to run out. You know, what, what are we doing with these things? Why are we, why are we trying to build a next-gen building? We ought to be happy with what we have. We just need to hold on. Well, sh- 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 the Bible doesn't say that's not good. The Bible says that's evil. That's evil because it goes against truth. You know, you, you, can I tell you, sometimes those evil reports are disguised by people really close to you. Just ask Job about his comforters when he's going through his crisis. You know, sometimes the devil will put on some skin and get right up next to you. Anybody listening to me, you know, you might have had somebody this morning saying to you, why are you going to church? Why are you getting up? I, I remember, you know, I, I hope it's not like this, but, you know, sometimes you got to make a choice. I, I heard one lady's testimony. Her, her husband was a, was a rascal, you know. He, you know, just like Aunt Esther said, he was a heathen. And he didn't want her going to church. And he was on and on. told her, you're not going to go. You're not going to go. She said, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And finally, one day she started to go to church. He pulled a gun on his wife. And put it in her face and said, are you going to go to church? She said, I want you to know something. She said, I'm going to go to church. Now, you can shoot me or go with me, but I'm going to go to church right now. You know, sometimes you have to, I'm not promoting things, but I'm just saying sometimes you've got to decide, what am I going to listen to? Who is talking to me? Can I tell you, some of us have gotten in trouble believing a lie because the person lying to us was, was, was family, we're familiar, we're, we're, we're friends. You know, sometimes you've got to lead your friends. Sometimes you may be the one to lead your family. How many are listening to me right now? Some people want to categorize you. They want to victimize you. They want to say, you can't do that because you're this. You can't do say that because you're this. You can't reach that level because you're this. I'm here to tell you that God says you are able to go up and take your land and grab what God has put out in front of you. That's what God says. We can't create an atmosphere in which it is easier to believe a lie than to believe the will of God. The lies are they're stronger than you. The lies are you're never going to do it. The lies are you need to go back. God wants you to go forward. God wants you to get into his will and his purposes. So let, let's listen to this. Let's look at Numbers 14, 24. So what creates the atmosphere? Come on, focus with me for the few minutes we got. 
What creates the atmosphere to believe God in the face of the lies? Anybody with me? So, so how do you become a Joshua and a Caleb? How many want to be that kind of person? I want to be that kind of person. See, lies are going to happen. How many know that's true? Lies are going to happen. But how am I a Caleb in the face of the lies? How do you fulfill the will of God in the face of the lies? How do you live your purpose out? You know, someone's going to tell you, some people, you're too young to live out your purpose. You're never too young to live out your purpose. Someone's going to say, you're way too old to live out the purposes of God. We're about to read. I'm going to, I'm going to debunk that myth today. How many are listening to me right now? I'm going to say to some of you senior adults, you are about to get on the verge of the greatest season of your life. I got Bible for that today. Hold on to me. Don't, don't, don't go. Don't go till you get all this. So how do you become a Joshua and a Caleb? Well, what did God say about them? See, we, we, everybody else says this. What did God say? Numbers 14, 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I want you to see today There is a generational connection of faith that God is wanting to release today in the body of Christ. We need to stop disconnecting the generations and start connecting them. It is a powerful momentum builder in the work of God. So God said two things about Joshua and Caleb. He said, Caleb had a different spirit. I touched on that last week. And he said, he follows me wholeheartedly. How do you become a Caleb? How do you become a Joshua? How do you move through the lies and, and, and the drag of those that don't want to do that? A different spirit. I told you the connotation is a next spirit. What did he say? Watch this. He has a different spirit and follows me. A person with a next spirit. Listen to me. I'm going to help you as a person who follows God. The other people got trapped. They were living, but they weren't following. They weren't staying in step with God. Do you know how you have a next spirit instead of living in the past or letting the past destroy you? Because you're walking in step with God. You believe that the next thing God is going to do is better than the last thing you saw God do. You believe that your future is greater than your past. You believe the devil is horrified that you'll discover who you really are in Christ. You see, you are not just looking at where you've been. You're looking at where you're going. You're not looking for an excuse to fail. You're staying in the presence of God. You have a next spirit. The moment we give up and say it's done, it's done. The moment we give in and say it's never going to change, it's never going to change. Are you with me today? The moment that you say God's done all he can do with me, God's done all he can do with you. But when Caleb says, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to see what's next. I'm going to keep moving in this direction. I'm going to keep following God. See, he follows God. And he said he does it wholeheartedly. His heart was full. He says as he follows me, he's undivided. His heart is full. Let me help you with something today. Your performance may be tripped up every once in a while. You may not hit it right every day. How many are listening to me? See, you don't earn your salvation. I'm going to help you with something here. But I'm talking about your heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? See, uh, he says his heart's full. His whole heart is mine. 
We may make a mistake. We may trip up. We may let that lie stay on me for a minute. But the, the issue, listen to me, is your heart. God sees the heart. Man looks on the outside. God looks on the inside. Keep my heart there. Keep my heart on him. Fill my heart. I, I love this. This word full, this whole heart, not only means it was filled one time, but he continues to keep his heart full. How many heard what I just said? He continues to keep his heart full. See, if I am full, if I'm full, I'm not so susceptible for these other substitutes that are out there. How many heard what I just said? Let me tell you something. Do you know why? Oh, boy, should I say this? I'm going to say it. Do you know why some of those people that you shouldn't be looking at twice, you're looking at twice because your heart's not full with a person you're married to? I'm going to come around on this side just, just to make sure. You know, there's some people you work with you never even noticed before. Somebody's got to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. You never even noticed them before. And all of a sudden, you notice them. You know why? Because you're not full in that relationship at home. You get your heart full of that wonderful wife God gave you. And what a blessing she is to you. And how God has blessed you with her and she enriches your life. And you need to go read uh, Proverbs 31 if you haven't lately. And you begin to be full and grateful and thankful. And she is Miss Universe and Miss America and the gift of God in your life. And you won't be noticing a lot of other things that are running around you. See, if your heart's full, it's amazing what doesn't bother you. If your heart's full, see, see, I, it, it's really hard. I'm going to step off the platform just in case this isn't preaching. See, people ask me, how have you been a Razorback fan living in Alabama for 41 years? Well, I've never been recruited to the other side because I'm always full of woo, pig suey. See, it's so, there's no room for you to get in there because I'm wholeheartedly already there. I walked in Alabama full of woo, pig suey. And I don't care if you like them or don't like them. I don't care if they win or they don't win. Some of you Alabama fans wouldn't know what to do if they lost three games. Anyway, but what I'm telling you right now... I'm just having fun. That's why I got off the platform. If it's not God, I don't blame God. That may have just been me. You know, one time Paul even wrote, remember that? He said, this is me and not God. See, I just, here I am. Okay, so let's get back to preaching now. But when your heart's full, things don't get you. You understand that? He followed him wholeheartedly. This is what we've got to come to in our walk with the Lord. See, look at Ephesians 5, uh, 15 to 18. I got to really move on here. Look, look at this with me. Be very careful then. We're talking about staying full and how that affects the way we do other things. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. I want to be wise. What about you? Make the most of every opportunity. The days are evil. Liars are around. So watch this. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What's God's will? Don't get drunk on wine. That's a counterfeit and a substitute. Don't shout me down. I'm going to come back and give you another chance to look spiritual. Do not get drunk on wine. Mm, mm -mm. Which leads to debauchery, but this is the will of God. But, leave this up, guys. Be filled with the Spirit. That word be, in the Greek, 
language that it was written in is a present continuous tense verb. In other words, as you read it, he's not just saying be filled one time. Literally transliterated, it's be being filled. Be being filled. Our problem is not in the church that we never were filled with the Holy Spirit. Our problem is that we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Our problem is not that we were baptized in the Holy Spirit one day. Our problem is is that we're not still full of the Holy Spirit today. And and, and so what he said about Caleb that differentiated him and separated him from those who murmured and never came in, the, the, the qualifying issue singularly is this. He followed wholeheartedly. He lived full. How many heard what I just said? He lived full. He was full of his love for God. His focus wasn't on did I do right or I did wrong. His focus on do I love God with all my heart. He wasn't wrapped up in legalism and performance. He was fully loving God. He was fully walking with God. He was being filled. Life will drain you. Life will pull some things out of you. People will pull some things. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're going to go to work with some people tomorrow who are going to drain some stuff out of you. So if I were you before I go, I'd get filled before I walked in the room. You better not wait to Sunday to get filled. You better know how to become full on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. You know why so many people end up in the club on Saturday night? Because they ran out of gas before they got to the next Sunday. Had you been getting full on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, that invitation to go dancing wouldn't have done what it did to you. You would have said, no, thank you. I'm full. No, thank you. I'm going tomorrow no thank you me and the Lord are doing really good right now he was full and he was being filled and that's the blessing of our life watch this look with me at Deuteronomy 6 23 he he understood something I'm reading some longer passages to you today I want you to see this account the biblical setting Deuteronomy 6 23 look at look at this with me he understood something the others missed it's what I've been trying to impress upon us today. That it's not only, it's, it's not just one step. It wasn't just going out, it was going in that, that God was doing with them. Deuteronomy 6.23 says this, but he brought us out from there to bring us in. He brought us out from there to bring us in. At whatever point we stop walking with the Lord, following him, our journey goes stagnant. We begin to become bored. We begin to look at other things. We begin to be distracted. We begin to forget how bad it was before he brought me out. How many heard what I just said? If you're a Christian, I want to help somebody today, and you're sitting here thinking about turning your back away from God, you've forgotten what it was like when he brought you out. And the reason that begins to look good to you again is because you're not full. Is because you're not wholehearted. Because you're not saying, Lord, you got everything in me. He didn't just bring us out. Come on. He's brought us out to bring us in. He brought me out to step in my purpose, to live that life at the highest level, to make a difference in my family, to leave a legacy for those behind me, to do something for the glory of God. 
Church, I have to say it like this. We, we, we need to model a pattern. I don't have time to read it, but I'd love for you to later on read Deuteronomy chapter 11. It says this generation that was about to go in, listen to me, their children had never seen the miracles that God did to bring them out of Egypt. Are you with me? They had never seen them. Listen to me, parents. Listen in this room. Many of your children never knew you before you met Christ. Are you with me? They've never seen the miracles you've seen. They've never been able to, 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 to watch God move the way you've seen him move. So they, well, listen to me, they did not see the miracles that got you out. So what are we going to do for them? How are they going to have their own faith? What, are, what, is going to, what is going to cause them to be a Caleb and a Joshua? To say, I've seen too much to go back now. God's been too real. So, so what is that generation going to do? How are they going to do it? Watch me. They didn't see the miracles that brought you out. But they are with you now. And they can see the miracles that bring you in. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, they were about to go into a, 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 a region full of walled cities and giants and mighty armies and kings that had never been defeated. And they didn't see the miracles that brought them out of Egypt, but they were about to see right before their face every miracle that walked them into the promised land. I'm telling you, you can't afford to stop. You can't afford to get out and not go in. Your family needs you to go in. This church needs you to go in. This region needs us to go in. They didn't see what got us here, but they need to see us take the next step into this thing. Your children need to see you kill giants. Your children need to see you take walled cities. Your children need to see the power of God. Are you with me today? And if we don't go in, they can't see us. If we don't step over, all they hear is what he did. They need to see what he does. That's God. See, I'm concerned, and I, 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 I'm wrapping, I'm wrapping. I'm concerned that, that we have developed a, a mindset in the church where we're just satisfied to be. We need to go in. We need to go in. We sang it, Lord, more and more. We, we need to find out what that's like. Here's the picture of grace in the Western church today. Oh, I love the grace of God. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Unearned favor. I don't deserve it, but Jesus paid for it. It separates Christianity from any other religion that God came and died in our place, shed his blood, paid the price so we could be saved. The grace of God. Paul, who hated the church and, and persecuted the church, said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But listen to me. Grace is not an excuse to fail. Amen. It's an encouragement to go in. Yes. See, what are we modeling? What are our kids? What are those around us seeing? What, what are they saying? Do we only have a, enough grace that excuses us while we're meandering around in the wilderness? Is our picture of grace, well, you know, you sin, I sin, we all sin. I mean, God loves us, you know, kumbaya, sloppy agape, la, 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 la. You understand, is that grace? Well, you know, you know, this is 2022. Well, I'm glad you can see the calendar. You know, it's not like it was then. And so, you know, we, you know, God understands me. Yeah, he does. That's why he sent his son to the cross. He saved you from you. 
you know, he, he, he just knows what it's like. And, 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 you know, well, everybody doing that now. Why don't you get a different spirit? Well, you know, I, I, I know, I, listen, biblical principles don't change from generation to generation. And what one generation will practice uh, in moderation, the next generation will practice with exaggeration, with, with, with far over that. Are everybody with me right now? We've got to model something. We have a generation that needs to see some going in miracles. That doesn't just need to see grace that keeps excusing my fall and my fall and my fall. Not just going back grace or wandering in the wilderness grace. We need some going in grace right now. We need to, come on, are you with me? We need some, some grace that's possessing. Listen, I'm not talking about your perfection. I'm not talking about earning. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about the condition of our hearts. See, listen, it's not my perfection that's going to get me in. It's my direction that's going to get me in. See, if I'm following, watch me with my whole heart. I may trip and fall, but I fell forward, not backward. If I fail, see, I'm going to get up. It's not my perfection. It's my direction. It's my heart. It's my pursuing. It's my going after. You need to stop checking your performance and start checking your heart. Am I full? Am I full? Do I love him? Am I after him? Am I walking in the goodness of God? And this is what you have to look forward to. And I'm going to end with this. Go to Joshua chapter 14. Worship team, I want you to come. We're going to, we're going to worship a little. Go to Joshua 14. Who's with me there? Joshua chapter 14. I want you to join me. And, and we're, going to, we're, we're going to look at something that's, that's powerful. 14 verse 6. You, you got to read this. This, this. this is amazing. Joshua 14 and verse number 6. So Caleb, what happens for the Caleb's? Is it worth it? When everybody else is giving up, going away, and taking the easy route, and, 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 and you know, just living with the, 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 the freedom or the, what I can say, of giving up. But let's look at this man. You ready? Let's fast forward. Joshua 14, 6. They're going in now. They're finally doing what God called them to do. They've crossed the Jordan. They're facing the giants. They, they are moving in the will of God, following these wholehearted men. Uh, look at this. Now, the men of Judah... Approached Joshua at Gilgal. Are you with me? And Caleb, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh, Barnea, about you and me. Are you watching this? The devil's been lying and saying it's too late. How many here with me? Okay. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. Are you with me, guys? And I brought him back a report according to my what? Okay, my conviction. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God how? Okay, wholeheartedly. Are you watching this? So what happened? Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years. Since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So everybody else but he and Joshua were dead that were there that day. Okay? Now he says, I am today 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. My God. You know what? Can I tell you something? (laughs) Don't hurt anybody's feelings. You've been buying every anti-aging thing they sell on the 
you've nipped and tucked and applied and rubbed and massaged. I've earned all these. <laughs> I've earned this stuff. I keep reading. Somebody said, well, Proverbs said that gray hair is a crown of glory. Well, Pastor Tony, you, you got a better crown than I have right now. It just is what it is. But I got some in there. <laughs> 85. You know what's going to turn your life around and you live longer than you ever thought? Follow God wholeheartedly. Follow God wholeheartedly. God gave me a promise when I was 40. I had to wait 45 years on it. Are you listening to me? The devil's a liar. He said, you missed your chance. You blew it. It's never going to happen. You're too old. You missed it. You missed your moment. He said, I want you to know, in the midst of all those liars, that's what blows my mind. I want to have a heart so full that God is more real to me than a whole nation of liars. Anybody with me today? That I can live in the midst of that. But I'm not a victim. Come on, anybody with me? That, that I believe what God said. That I'm not going to fail a generation. I'm going to lead a generation in. Any faith mothers and fathers in the house today? We're going to lead them in. We're, we're going to lead them in. Listen, I don't care if you like music different than me. Good for you. We need to grow up and get on the things that matter. Well, they don't talk like I talk. So what? They can use a phone and you can't. I have to go to my kids. What am I supposed to do? How do I do this? I ask the young pastors on the staff. What is this? How do I do this? Show me this. You know why? Because we're communicating. We're bringing a generation in. We're saying this generation died, but this one's going in. I'm 85 years old now. What did he say? I love this. I'm 85 years old, and I'm as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. God's promise to you today is as strong as it was the day you heard it. It's as real as the day you heard it. Your prodigal son and daughter may be old enough to retire and they're not serving God. Listen to me, Grandma. But the promise of God today is as real as the day he said it. Listen to me, millennials and Gen Z and Gen X. He's as real today as he has ever been. If he did it then, he'll do it now. He wants to raise you up, use you, empower you, lead the way with you, bring the way in with you. That's what happens to wholehearted. Verse 12. Now give me this hill country. Watch this. (laughs) That the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there. So he said, I picked the place where the baddest giants live. <laughs> Do you know if you're going to get the best? I hate to quote a wrestler. Somebody told me one time, <laughs> if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. Come on, somebody say it right now. If you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. If you want a little mamby, pamby inheritance and 20% of your family saved, more power to you. But if you want every living, breathing family member that calls your name, has your blood in their veins and are promised by God, then you got to go pick the big giant and the big place. And the place he says, he says, I don't want the easy place. I want the giants. Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, gave him Hebron as his inheritance. 
So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Hephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since. Why? Because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Look at verse 15. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba. See, it was named Arba after whom? The greatest giant among them. The very name of his inheritance was the name of giants live here. Then the land had rest from the war. Stand with me. Come on, everybody stand. It's time for us to say, you know, God, I'm living in a culture of lies. Satan is the accuser. He doesn't want me to enter into my promised land. He wants me to stop somewhere in the middle. He wants me to go out but not go in. He wants me to to, to live a life of compromise and mediocrity. Don't make treaties with the devil. Don't play let's make a deal with your future. It's time to rise up. It's time to go in. It's time to possess. Those big giants that are screaming at you right now, you know why they're screaming? Because they're afraid you're going to fight them. You know why the devil's lying so loud? Because he's afraid you're going to say, I hear you, but I'm coming anyway. I see you, but I'm coming anyway. I've always stopped here. Listen to me. I feel this so strong. There's a place where you keep getting to and stopping. And today you need to step over that in the name of Jesus. Well, I, I would, but I don't have. I could, but I don't have. I would, but I never did. I would, but I've never seen it. Well, why don't you do something somebody else needs to see? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.